In these last days, the Bible predicts a turning away from biblical truth. In order to combat false teachings that are running rampant and a growing lack of biblical literacy, Behold Israel provides weekly public readings of Scripture to equip you with the pure Word of God, read in an international community with interaction and application. Each week, we host different guests from all walks of life. Our original readings can be found on our Behold Israel community channel on YouTube or on our Facebook channel. These are audio versions created to make it convenient for your busy schedule. Now, on to our readings. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to PRS, the public reading of Scripture, brought to you by Behold Israel. My name is Steve Yan. I am the senior writer and editor for Behold Israel. And it's been a while since I've been able to be here with you, and I'm excited about it. I'm always thrilled whenever uh, I get the call and say, hey, can you cover it this time? And I'm always all in on it. So it's going to be a great night. I'd love that we take this time just to celebrate the Bible, to celebrate Scripture. And that's what it's all about. Less talking and more reading because it's all about the Bible. I have another reason I'm so excited about tonight is I have got a very special guest, one of my favorite people in the world. Let me introduce to you, please, Rick Yon. Hey, Rick. You who have uh, seen me before on here with my 86 year old father are looking insane. He's looking pretty good. Whatever supplements he's taken, give me a bottle of them. But uh, this is not my father, Rick. This is my brother, Rick. And uh, Rick is... And as I like to say, I'm the, the new and improved Rick Yon. The new and improved. There you go. 2.0. So like, we don't say junior. We don't say the second. We are like Rick 2.0. There we go, because we are... Yeah. That's right. That's right. Now, Rick, uh, like my dad and me, Rick is in that club of pastors who used to pastor a church, and uh, God's called him to just tons of other stuff. But one of the things that I am most excited about that he does is God has, has blessed him with a house that allows him to constantly have uh, missionaries coming and staying and, and passing through or having uh, um, meetings there. Uh, what is it about having missionaries staying at your house that's just so special to you and, and to uh, your wife, Allie? Well, I, as Allie puts it, she says, you know, we just have a tendency to be nosy. We want to know what God's doing around the world. It's our way of doing it. Uh, but we just want to be a blessing to uh, pastors and missionaries from around the world as they travel. We're here in Orlando, Florida, so it's a very popular place for people to come. There are a number of missions organizations down this way, whether it's Whitcliffe or Pioneers or crew or various people like that. And we just invite people to come and spend a few days with us. We kind of think ourselves like from the old TV show, MASH. We're a MASH unit. People come in, they get bandaged up, they get sewed up, and then we kick them back up to the front lines to do the work of the Lord. And so we just want to be in the back to serve them whatever capacity we can. Our house, we've had over 44 countries coming through our houses, whether it was here or Tampa or Colorado. And we just love having people through. In fact, last week, we had two pastors from Oslo, Norway through, who are part of Jesus Revolution, doing youth revivals throughout Europe. In fact, they, in 2023, they did 48 countries, 1,100 crusades. Wow. And just seen the Spirit of God move throughout Europe, which we know is a lot of work there. And then we also had a global meeting, an alliance of church planting ministries that are around the world. And they're coming together. They used our house for a board meeting and just collaborating about how they can take 
the gospel, how they can take Christ throughout the world more effectively and efficiently. So things like that going on all the time. We just love, we are nosy little Christians. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. I know that, that when, when people leave there, they're just, they're refreshed. They're ready to face the world again. And uh, I love how, how God takes us each on different journeys with the ministries that we have and puts us in places that we never expect. Um, and uh, you have a unique ministry there, and it's just so cool when whenever we hear stories about what God is doing there. There's a lot of yay God going on around here. That's, that's right. Well, hey, let's start off with a yay God and, and yay for his scripture. Why don't you open us up in prayer, and then we will get into the word. Cool beans. Uh, God, we just, we're excited about spending the next little bit of time here uh, with one another and uh, with you because you speak through your word. And we thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, we can trust it. We thank you that when we read it, uh, it, it's not just words on a page, but it's life, it's light. Uh, it guides us, it illuminates our, it convicts us, it challenges us, it pushes us forward. And God, we just ask that as we speak, as we listen, that your spirit would move uh, in and through us and that this would be a time where we uh, just interact with you and celebrate the wisdom you provide us, the messaging that you're going to give us. And God, just thanks. We're looking forward to this time and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we are going to read four chapters tonight. We're going to begin in Proverbs, starting with Proverbs 21. And Rick, I am going to go ahead and do the caption now, because I told you I always forget. So look at this. I'm going to jump the gun, and we're going to do Proverbs 21. And why don't you start with that? I will do that. This is Proverbs 21. is just a whole series of just little wisdom statements. So I'm just going to read them one at a time as we kind of go through this. So Proverbs 21 begins, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. A haughty look, a proud heart, and the plowing of the wicked are sin. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. Getting treasures by a lying tongue is the fleeting fantasy of those who seek death. The violence of the wicked will destroy them because they refuse to do justice. The way of a guilty man is perverse, but as for the pure, his work is right. Better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a contentious woman. The soul of the wicked desires evil. His neighbor finds no favor in his eyes. When the scoffer is punished, the simple is made wise. But when the wise is instructed, he receives knowledge. The righteous God wisely considers house of the wicked, overthrowing the wicked for their wickedness. Whoever shuts his ears to the cry of the poor will also cry himself and not be heard. A gift in secret pacifies anger, and a bribe behind the back strong wrath. It is a joy for the just to do justice, but destruction will come to the workers of iniquity. A man who wanders from the way of understanding will rest in the assembly of the dead. He who loves pleasure will be a poor man, 
He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. The wicked shall be a ransom for the righteous, and the unfaithful for the upright. Better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. There is desirable treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man squanders it. He who follows righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness, and honor. A wise man scales the city of the mighty and brings down the trusted strong. Whoever guards his mouth and keeps his soul from troubles. A proud and haughty man, scoffer is his name, he acts with arrogant pride. The desire of the lazy man kills him, for his hands refuse to labor. He covets greedily all day long, but the righteous gives and does not spare. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. How much more when he brings it with wicked intent? A false witness shall perish, but the man who hears him will speak endlessly. A wicked man hardens his face, but as for the upright, he establishes his way. There is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is of the Lord. Before I, I go into the 22, I was just thinking as you were reading, it's hard a lot of times to keep up like what you said with that popcorn, just boom, 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 yeah. boom. So as you all are listening, if there's one that just grabs you and speaks to you, just stop and mull on that one for a while. I'll keep going. There'll still be there for you to go back to and read another time. But if there's something that stands out to you, just take that, hang on to that and, uh, and process that through. Proverbs 22. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. The rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself. Uh, but the simple pass on and are punished. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. He who guards his soul will be far from them. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. He who sows iniquity will reap sorrow, and the rod of his anger will fail. He who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. Cast out the scoffer, and contention will leave. Yes, strife and reproach will cease. He who loves purity of heart and has grace on his lips, the king will be his friend. The eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge, but he overthrows the words of the faithless. The lazy man says, there's a lion outside. I shall be slain in the streets. The mouth of an immoral woman is a deep pit. He who is abhorred by the Lord will fall there. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. He who oppresses the poor to increase his riches, and he who gives to the rich will surely come to poverty. Incline your ear 
and hear the words of the wise and apply your heart to my knowledge. For it is a pleasant thing if you keep them within you. Let them all be fixed upon your lips so that your trust may be in the Lord. I have instructed you today, even you. Have I not written to you excellent things of counsels and knowledge that I may make you know the certainty of the words of truth, that you may answer words of truth to those who sent to you? Do not rob the poor because he is poor, nor oppress the afflicted at the gate. For the Lord will plead their cause and plunder the soul of those who plunder them. Make no friendship with an angry man. With a furious man do not go, lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. Do not be one of those who shakes hands in a pledge, one of those who is surety for debts. If you have nothing with which to pay, why should he take away your bed from under you? Do not remove the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. Well, Rick, is there anything that stood out to you in, uh, in all those Proverbs? I, I think one, and I'm going to go back to uh, Proverbs 21, um, because it, it's a theme that kind of goes throughout which it really has to do one with generosity and, and caring for the poor. And, and it reminds me of uh, Proverbs 21, three to do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice, which again, it's just the calling that, yeah, it's great to get together and we yay Jesus and we celebrate this. But at the end of the day, unless we go out there and translate that orthodoxy into orthopraxy, into the way that we conduct ourselves, it's all for naught. Mm. And so if anything, in listening to the different Proverbs, it was just and the challenge. Don't just read it. Now go out and do it. Go out and prove it. Yeah. The whole idea of giving to the poor and reaching out, that's what stood out to me too through this whole thing. It was just so often we, it's, is it James where we find that the idea of you see a poor person, it's like, oh, go, you know, be warm and well-fed, you know, but inside of our mind, it's kind of like, Hey, you know, God bless you. Kind of stinks to be you. Well, uh, but uh, when when we can take that and and realize that that God has has blessed us for the the purpose of us blessing others, He doesn't bless us so that we can just be be comfortable and 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 live it up. He blessed us so that we can be His hands and His feet. We can be the ones who bless others, and and that's where wisdom. That's I mean. That's what again what wisdom tells us. But that's also when then God says, hey, I see that you're being able to handle what I've given you thus far. Maybe I can trust you with a little bit more so that you can give a little bit more. Absolutely. Psalm 67 is the psalm that Allie and I have. It's just kind of like our family psalm, which again is just asking for God to bless us so that we can be a blessing to others with the result that the world turns to God. And then as you read through Psalm 67, you see in that relationship back with God, then the land will go to harvest, then there'll be justice, you know, world peace, world hunger, all of that taken care of when we take what God has given us and we share it. Yeah. As I put it, it's not for us to be fat and sassy. Mm. It's for us to give. And in that giving, the world's attention is drawn up to God. We've seen it time and time again. Yeah. I was just looking at some of the chats here, and I love what Fran Taylor posted. She said, a fruit tree never eats its own fruit. That's that's brilliant. That's some good. I love that, that one. That one belongs there somewhere in twenty two or twenty one. It's got to be included. That's there. right. <laughs> that's right. But uh, well, 
I don't want to talk too long here because we have got two spectacular chapters from the gospel of John. When I saw that, that we have been blessed with John 3 and John 4, I just once again said, thank you very much for letting us do this. So, hey, so far I got both Proverbs 21 and 22 up on the screen. I'm going to jump ahead and put up John 3. Again, here we use the New King James Version if you're reading along and playing at home. But uh, Rick, if you want to launch into this uh, wonderful chapter of John chapter 3, which contains the one verse that uh, probably more people in the world know than any other. Yep, absolutely. This is going to be a fun one. John chapter 3. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you a teacher of Israel and you don't know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen. And you do not receive our witness. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven. But he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea and there he remained with them and baptized. Now John, who was also baptizing in Aeon near Selene, because there was much water there. And they came and were baptized, for John had not yet been thrown into prison. 
Then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. And they came to John and said to him, A rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. And what he has and heard that he testifies, and no one receives his testimony. He who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God does not give the spirit by measure. The father loves the son and has given all things into his hand. He who believes in the son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Let's move right into chapter four. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, and that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem, is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. 
You worship what you do not know. We worship, we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. And at this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went on her way into the city and said to the men, come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I send you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. And after two days he departed from there and went, in, and went to Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things he did in Jerusalem at the feast, for they also had gone to the feast. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. And Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. The noble man said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when they got better, and they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed, and his whole household. This again is the second sign Jesus did when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. I love how 
Jesus is so mission-minded. And his mission is not, I've got to get a task done. His mission is people. And whether it was Nicodemus, whether it was the Samaritan woman, whether it was the, the son of the father of Ephraim, he, he was always so focused on people uh, and meeting the needs. And the, the miracles and the healing and things like that were just provocative. It was a way of affirming who he was. But his whole purpose, his whole mission was, again, just reaching out and bringing them in drawing them unto himself, providing that salvation, that light, and just listening, you know, whether I was reading or, or listening to you speak, Steve, it was just, you could just, I, I could just feel, maybe this is the business side of me. I could just feel Jesus was just so purposed. Again, not on it. He was purposed on people, Nicodemus all the way through. Well, that, that ties me back to that, that amazing verse, John three sixteen, and it's God loved the world so much. Uh, that he gave his one, one and only son that whoever, whosoever, right? I yeah. do some work with a, a ministry called the whosoever's and their whole focus is on the, what they call the nobodies of the world, the people that, that others reject. And that word whosoever is so big. And you can see the whosoever's just in these two chapters. Yep. You've got the elite, you've got the Pharisee, you've got the rejected, the nobody, the Samaritan woman. And then you've got the nobleman with, with the sixth son. You, you've got this whole gamut, and Jesus takes time with each of them and meets them where they're at. And I love the banter between Jesus and the Samaritan woman. You know, that's not something you can just read woodenly because you can see what's going on. Oh, yeah. you know, they're, they're kind of pushing back and forth. She's skeptical of this guy who's come up and asked her for water. I mean, seriously, who is this guy asking me for water? So they're bouncing back and forth. And then he says, go call your husband. And suddenly it's, oh, exactly. And, 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 and then he, he, not only that, but then he reveals the whole thing. But she sees that even though she, even though Jesus knows her background, he's there talking with her. Yep. He's still there valuing her as a person sharing the truth. Same thing with Nicodemus. That, that give and take that play. Oh, I thought you were one of the teachers. Hey, you're so smarty pants. How come you can't figure this out? And yet, and then when he, you know, you can just see Nicodemus, you know, smoke coming out, squirrels are running around in his cage. And then all of a sudden he just zings him with that John 316 and everything comes together for that. And Nicodemus doesn't speak after that. As, as we're reading in the chapter, he, he's mute. Uh, because the word is that powerful. It is just literally pierced his heart, pierced him to his soul. And, you know, we don't get the full story when heaven will get the full story of Nicodemus, but we know that whether as a distant follower or, or whatever the case may be, I mean, those words grabbed him and just never let him be after that. Yeah. Well, next time we see Nicodemus, he's sticking up for Jesus, Yeah. you know, amongst the Pharisees. So something yep. stuck with him. Yep. Whether he made some sort of commitment or whether he's, like you said, he's kind of still watching, but he knows there's more to this yeah. guy than what these, these other Pharisees are talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sorry, do you have more? I was going to say, I was taking a look at the comments over here. The other thing that I've seen a lot of it is people just writing again, uh, John, John the baptizer, his comments were, John is saying, I have to decrease. Jesus oh, has to increase. And that was mentioned numerous times with that. Uh, and then you, you take that verse and we agree with it. We need to lift Jesus up. And yet, what is Jesus like? 
Philippians chapter two, being equal with God, didn't consider something to be grasped, but emptied himself of that. He came to serve. And what an example he gives to us. If the, if the creator of the universe, the son of God, lays aside all those rights to come to serve, who are we not to do the same? And that goes all the way back into the proverb, again, at the very beginning. It's about the doing. It's our actions. It's not just our words. He knelt in that upper room. He knelt at the feet of each one of those disciples, including Judas Iscariot, yep. and washed their feet. Yep. You need to talk about humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, what an example. So, well, Rick, what a great time. Thank you so much for taking time out from, from uh, warm Florida up to here in, in uh, chilly Colorado, just to, to celebrate to celebrate the word of God. Thank um, you, Steve. I, you have a passion for the word and, and they know that Nancy and I are always praying for you and Allie and the incredible ministry that God has called you to. Thank so, you so uh, much. Love Thank you, brother. You so love you too, Steve. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, get out of here. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to, to be with us tonight. It's just so special. What great chapters. I know that most of you are used to Mike being here. Mike does such an incredible job. Mike, I know Mike, he gets the technical side right. I, I saw in the comments, someone said, Steve, you got the wrong chapters listed. Yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me. I apologize for that because I'm just not tech boy. But uh, thanks for looking past that and just celebrating God's word with us tonight. Let me close us in prayer. Lord, what a special night to take time to, to look at the incredible wisdom that you gave to uh, that you gave to Solomon that he passed on to us. Just those practical things. You aren't just about highfalutin theology, but it's just the practical. You do this, your life is so much better. If we just look at those Proverbs and we follow them, that's the way life should be led. And we thank you for listing all those Proverbs so that we can read those and just use them as kind of a checks and balances on our life. And then, Jesus, to see you in chapter 3 and chapter 4 of John, what an amazing, what amazing time. The way that you related to each person and loved them and met them where they were at. And I know for myself, for Rick, for so many people who are watching this tonight, we all can identify with that moment when you met us when we were at, where we were at. You showed us who you were and gave us that opportunity to say, yes, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. And at that time, that's when we entered into that place of hope and peace because of that free gift of salvation. Lord, we are so thankful to you for your word and the opportunity we have to spend time in it. I, I thank you for each person, again, who, who took time out of their evening because they love your word so much. Bless them as we go about the rest of our evening. We pray all this in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining us. And I look forward to hopefully seeing you again.